Hey friends, welcome back to episode 18 on the Wild and Free podcast, where we combine our love of great coffee with an even greater purpose, which is to make a difference in the lives of those affected by human trafficking. This fall, we are looking at ethical companies. We want to introduce you to some of the people and the companies who are doing amazing things to combat human trafficking. And today on the podcast is none other than Christy Asper from Paper Baristas. What a great name. <laughs> she is the owner and lead designer at Paper Baristas, um, which is a fair trade paper and stationery roastery, as they like to call it. Their love for all things coffee and freedom is how Paper Baristas came to be. In an effort to clean up the paper supply chain, the team launched a greeting card company that donates 10% of their profits to fight modern day slavery. Uh, not only are their papers and their cards absolutely stunning, but they work so hard to make sure that everyone in the supply chain is treated more than fairly. Gosh, guys, you are going to love Christy. Um, we're just going to hop right into this conversation. So grab yourself a drink and get comfortable because this conversation is so good. Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, Christy. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I love you guys, love what you guys are doing out there. And of course, I love coffee. So uh, just a wonderful married. I've, I literally love the name of your company so much. I was like, Paper Baristas. I was like, this is like genius. And I just need to know why that name. I know I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this in advance, but I just love the name. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you get the concept of the name that it's baristas because people are like, Bara? like I'm like, like coffee baristas. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, the the mindset behind it is that, you know, everyone, when they think of coffee, like the whole mindset behind it is when people first think of coffee, they think of fair trade, hopefully like that is the two things are really married coffee and fair trade. However, we really wanted to bring to the forefront the importance of fair trade in every industry. So like not just like the sustainability component and not just the environmental sustainability component, but the people behind the product. Are they being treated fairly? Do they have a sustainable life outside of the product that they're making? Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we came up with this idea of like paper baristas. We wanted like paper to have that same revolutionary concept of being fair trade and having other people follow suit. So really trying to revolutionize like how people think of paper. Um, and we love coffee too. So like throughout all of our products, we kind of have this coffee infusion thing where we talk about coffee or we mention coffee or we have coffee puns. So that's, that's most of it. I love that so, so much. Anyway, I, I digress. I will just have you introduce yourself to the listeners now that I sent you off on a tangent. They're probably wondering what the heck, like, who is this lady and what does she do? This sounds really cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself and then we will actually jump right into that company. Yeah, so um, I'm Christy with Paper Baristas. My husband and I op um, own a fair trade stationery company. So we mostly do greeting cards and planners and notebooks. Um, and basically the idea is that we, that a portion of that money, 10% of the profits made go back to fighting human trafficking within that specific labor industry. Mm. So that's, that's what we do. Yeah, and we've, I mean, it's, because of all these small businesses that have supported us that we're able to do that. Um, mm. You know, 
basically we mostly wholesale so that means we sell from business to business and so they carry our lines and then as people buy them at those stores we donate those profits back to okay. fighting mm -hmm. that's so that's so awesome i love that i love it so much um and so like tell me more about that so like you're right like the paper industry is not something i mean we all use paper i mean as much as we're on technology we all use paper like i'm a I'm a like, I don't use the calendar on my phone. I hate it. I need to have like, actually really want to buy one of your planners for 2023. I'm like gunning. I saw them too late for 2022. And I already had one. A, you can have one. I'll say one just for you. <laughs> yes, please. I want one. But I'm like, I have to see it like written out pen and paper in front of me. So we all we all use paper in various forms. That's not something that we generally think about as being an industry where there would be labor trafficking or you know anything like that so tell us more about this company and like what yeah what what do we need to learn about the way papers made that yeah that we yeah. can start making better choices so when we started off we were donating to do to three different nonprofits, um and one of them was used to help with sex trafficking um or help fight sex trafficking, should I say? That's yeah. <laughs> um, and as we're as we're creating these cards that are going to give back to fight sex trafficking, we realize that a majority of trafficking happens in the labor industry. So, um, so anyway, like real having that realization that seventy percent of modern day slavery is involved in the manufacturing of the products we use today. We kind of wow. had this light bulb moment of wow, like here we are trying to donate 10%, but we're probably putting in like 90% to help <laughs> the industry continue. So we really started doing a lot of our homework uh, in, just in regards to like the supply chain. And, it, you know, it's so hard to find mm -hmm. transparency within that supply chain because there's so, like we were talking before this, like there's mm -hmm. so many hands that touch that product before you and I yeah. ever even see it or touch it. And so... Um, we just, we even realized like, you know, I did a, I did a class when I was in college and we were rebuilding communities in Mexico and I really witnessed, you know, firsthand child labor in the wood chipping industry. So creating lumber, chopping down trees, creating it into pulp, um, and, from there, I really just learned that, you know, like children were like putting in these big logs mm. and basically breaking them down. Some of them had lost their limbs. Some of them had oh lost gosh. fingers. So when we were, we were there in Mexico, I just, you know, growing up and, and my parents are from third world countries, growing up, you just think that that is the way of life in a third world country, that that mm. is, you know, they're making a few cents a day and that's more than they would get if they weren't working and that's just the way mm -hmm. of life over there they're sixth graders um but as we're starting to like dive into this more a lot of those kids don't even get to go back home they are mm -hmm. actually slaves they are bounded to that industry they're sold into slavery and that's something that we really wanted to not take part of you know mm -hmm. and so um we started trying to figure out you know Basically, we either do this right or we don't do this at all. And that's something yeah. you and I were talking about. Like, we just 
We don't need to do greeting cards. Yeah, we don't um, need an extra thing to do. You were mentioning like your husband works full time and then basically you guys yeah. work full time after that right. to run totally. this company. Yeah. So it's like, what are we doing here? Um, and, you know, recycled, recycling also works great because you're reusing sustainable, you know, sustainable products, yeah. regardless of what the supply chain was before that. But, yeah. you know, for, for us, we wanted to do right from the get go. And so for us, the way to do that was creating handmade paper. And that's how we got into like that industry of creating greeting cards with handmade paper. The sustain, the earth sustainability component of that is we take all this cotton that's normally tossed out in the garment industry and we okay. repurpose it into paper. Um, oh my gosh, it's so really, cool. Like, yeah, it was like this double component layer of just like helping the earth and helping people. Yeah. Um, and we have people on the grounds to like make sure that people kind of like what you and I said about farming and coffee, just mm -hmm. that we have people on the grounds. It's not just okay to get it audited a couple of times, you know, a year, yeah. like we need people on the ground checking this continuously surprise visits, um, talking to the workers. It, it, Cause yeah, it, it, it's a very hidden industry. So, yeah. and um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to track and it's hard to know. And people can give you all of the right answers. They really um, can. And they know do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, Slaves because people know people do know better at this point mm -hmm. they know better it's just they also know the terminology and the right things to essentially greenwash right so it's getting past the greenwashing to actually like what the heck is going on here Absolutely. and you know what are we supporting right which is the challenge <laughs> yes and I you know things that we were hearing at the beginning of the process was like oh we abide by labor laws of our country Labor laws in third world countries are so different than labor laws here in the U.S. Yeah. So it's it was just this learning, you know, it's this layer of onion of learning about sustainability and supply chain and um, just frustrations, you know. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Wow. I I'm honestly like there's just so many things that like I didn't know. Like I just have not. Again, like this is me and my ignorance have not thought about paper in that way, but like it makes perfect sense. So, so walk us through then. Um, so how do you make your paper? Like, where does it come from? How does yeah. this, how does your business work? Yeah. So it's manufactured in India. Um, this last year has been a little bit different. Last two years have been difficult with COVID, mm. but we've been able to keep our workers safe mm. and they've been able to do it from home as opposed to coming to a plant and doing it there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so basically what you do is you take this co cotton that would have been thrown out, you yep. pulp it, you mold it, um, you put it into like what looks like kind of a picture frame and you by hand, take it off, dry it in the sun, naturally yep. dye it. So it's a process, you know, mm -hmm. um, India is one of like basically the number one place to make handmade paper. They've been doing it for years. Like, um, wow. like last names like Smith, like Smith isn't. Yeah. A last name common here, like a papermaker basically is the last name that's common there. Yeah. Um, and wow. part of it's because of that garment industry, you know, they take that cotton that would have been thrown away. Um, the garment industry is so huge right now in India because of slave labor. So you have a caste system in India where certain people are, um, you know, they hold different positions within yeah. that culture. And yeah. so, so much of garment, so much of, um, basically clothing is made in India because it's so cheap because you have a lot of slave labor yeah. involved in that, you know, clothing industry. So we're able, the great thing is we're able to get a lot of that cotton for free. Um, we're working with, we're donating to a company that helps 
clean up supply chains and like if we are alerted to anything we're able to tell them and they are able to like work with lawyers and the government to really make a change so all of it's really just kind of interactive and working and um it's just really neat but um and that's really how it's made in order for us to be fair trade 70 percent of our products need to be made overseas in third world countries so um, that that's kind of part of the fair trade because at first yeah. we were just making it all in the U.S., and which is great, but they're really what they're really honing in on is making sure that people in third world countries have a sustainable life and how right. to basically mm-hmm. elevate everyone. Yeah, so, so the bar has to be high there as well, right? right. Like, yes. if you're gonna have it made, you know, there, then make sure that you know it's not just the labor laws of this area, but like, no, what should be like common sense human rights for anyone, Everyone. regardless of, yeah. of where they of where they live or what class they're from. Right. You know what I mean? Like Yes, absolutely. And that's challenging. I, yeah. I imagine that's challenging to do when you're in the States. So do you print so where do you print your paper? Like um it's so- beautiful. By the way, everyone who's listening, these uh, cards and papers are absolutely stunning. <laughs> like uh, they're just you. beautiful. And I'm like, how do you how do you yeah that engraving bossing i don't know i i have to mention that we do have a team of americans in india working and making sure so it's not we don't just have people from Mm -hmm. india auditing indian companies so for me that's really important in ensuring that we have the same basically values across from here to there um because that translates different Mm -hmm. different cultures but it gets shipped to us Mm -hmm. and we letterpress print in house so it creates okay. an indention on the paper like in your literal actual house yeah so <gasps> during covid we were actually like my husband was jobless because he had just graduated and there was like a complete hiring freeze and we yeah. had just sold our house it went on the market and like sold oh that gosh. very next day and so we were jobless and homeless so we were living in a, in a condo in the lake of the ozarks um and we were like printing in our bathroom it was a really long year but yeah oh my gosh House. But this is how you know that like your heart's in what you're doing, right? Yeah, we this is how you know. Love what we're doing. We love the mission. We like love. We just yeah, I yeah, I love it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. How many years ago did you start this? Um, basically, we started our greeting card company 2019, and we made that huge pivot wow. in 2020. Yeah. So, um. We did it at a wow. trade show, just just realizing, like, yeah, all the things, right? You just start realizing, oh, my gosh, I'm part of the problem, too. Mm-hmm, you know, like, mm-hmm. that really hard truth, learning that really yeah. hard truth, being part of the problem. So. But, but this is what we were talking about before, and just, like, that is the whole point of mm-hmm. ethical business and ethical companies, is, like, that's one of the things that sets us apart, is that, like, we have to be willing to yeah. continually look at things and continually learn and be willing to like make complete 180 turns like do whatever it takes even if people are like that is the dumbest financially like the dumbest financial decision i've ever heard and you're like you know what doesn't matter because people so you know like oh absolutely you're always juggling these two balls of like you actually have to turn a profit to run a business but also like people matter so Mm -hmm. more than that and how do you you have to be willing to be like oh my gosh like it's not good enough like what we've right. been doing isn't good enough. And and we if we can do something better, then we will. And you've done yeah. that, which I 
commend you <laughs> like that's not uh, easy i mean i think it's it's really not us it's people caring too you know mm -hmm. like we couldn't do what we're doing without people believing in that same process and wanting the same things and yeah um, you know it's definitely like not us like i feel like it's everyone who all the businesses that support us you guys you know like it's it's everyone um and yeah i mean i think oftentimes when i think of like child labor i'm like this is what drives me even more after having kids you're just like mm. no like this has to end you know it gets personal yeah. right it gets, it gets super personal it gets like personal. you have kids and you have kids that are girls so then it gets yeah really yeah. yeah um what would you say is one of the most like challenging things that you have come across just in starting and running this type of business um i would say at first it was manufacturing and sourcing and i'm sure you can attest to that like <laughs> finding that per that gem when that you can't just get your product just anywhere yes like like people are like well just go get coffee from somewhere and i'm like yeah but like i can't do that it's like that would be really easy but like, yeah. i can't do that yeah, like vetting places um i mean mm. finally getting an american team in india i mean just you know all mm. the things i think now the hardest thing are those margins you know that we talked about earlier mm -hmm. like i would say a a common greeting card to make can range i mean a good price is probably like 16 to 25 cents right and so ours is like three times that much i would mm -hmm. say our planners typically getting them made overseas can some companies were able to make them for two dollars and we make them for 15. yeah and around and sell them wholesale for 19 and then the because the consumer yeah. won't pay but like i but wouldn't think pay. about that though like think about other places places can make it for two dollars and your place is making it for 15. how the heck little money are those people making if any at all, you know, I would if say. If any at all, that is that is exactly it, right? Like, it, it is hard. It's like we were saying before that, um, like, it has to be affordable for people. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? If it's not affordable for the people making it, then maybe we don't get to have these the kinds thing. of things. Then maybe yeah. we can't. Because also we have to be able to pay them well and, like, Right. You know, and I think people think like we are not making enormous margins on our product. Yeah. Like yeah. even at the higher price that we often our products are at, imagine mm. what the margin is that people are making. Like when someone sells a sweater for sixty or eighty dollars. Right. right. Yeah. They're probably like it probably costs them like six dollars to make or less. <laughs> I don't even know. Honestly, Sometimes. probably less. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like I try to sell like a sweater for like sixty some dollars. I'm making like almost no money on it, and people are just like, "It's so expensive." And I'm like, "We really need to change the way we think about this because we use the phrase I can't afford it' a lot, and I don't think we actually understand what that means. Yeah, I think it means like I'm making other choices, and I'm like, again, that's fine, but can we own that? Right? Can we yeah. own that we're making different different choices? Choices. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the average consumer like 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 us when we started off just doesn't even think about it right like nope. it's so not and nope. even if i was exposed i was exposed to slavery right in front of me and i it still didn't click for me that that's what that was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it, because i thought most people like well at least they're making that much like that's common yep. for that location and yep. that's not true either there's there is actual slavery it's not just like mm -hmm. not getting paid enough it's like not getting paid at all yeah and um you know 
for me, creating that awareness and wanting to be competitive in my prices so that people like when they're looking at two products and they're like, okay, this is made sustainably and this is not, and it's the same price. I'm going to go with a sustainable product, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have that luxury to be able to do that. But I mean, to give people a clarity of how it works on the back end, typically when a product is manufactured, like let's say my cost is like 10 cents, right? Yeah. I need to triple that to wholesale it. So yeah. to sell it at a store, I need to triple that amount because I need to make a profit. And then I need to have a certain amount, another 10 cents to pay for reproducing that product, right? Yeah. And then the person, the retail person who's selling it to the consumer has to double that quantity. Yeah. So when you're getting a product that's like, let's say, at a normal store, you know, that's wanting to make profit out of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say some of your bigger stores want to make up to 60 to 70% on yeah. that. So um, a sweater that's $60 um, was sold to them for $30 and then was made, they paid $10 to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like how the math. For yeah. Doctor. And when you, when you're doing this kind of business, those margins we squeeze them smaller because our cost is so much higher. You start yeah. trying to double that number and people are like, are you insane? And yeah. you're like, I don't know. How insane are we that we are still buying and selling people to like, you know what I mean? I don't know. What's insane? I, like, <laughs> I know. I know. It's, um, it's a little heartbreak because you guys are in Canada, but you guys have yeah. kind of seen like the craziness that has happened here in the U S and I think as a culture, we're ready to treat people open our eyes to the injustice, I guess, that's happening in the world mm. um, and even in our own backyards. Um, and yet we still are making these decisions every yeah. day that don't actually support that. Um, yeah. There's a company, and I won't mention any names, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't like to do that, but there's a company that openly, like they've been outed so many times of creating products with slaves. Um, on the back of slaves and then they come out with like a black lives matter um apparel yeah. and me i'm just like oh like it's just it's so infuriating <laughs> to me because i'm like it all like all these lives all over the world like mm -hmm. they really do matter so if you're gonna say yeah. that people matter like say that they matter like make a difference in your production that's yeah, and so, in the place so. where probably most of their clothing, or I'm assuming it's clothing, yeah. where the exact clothing is made, are likely people people of color, absolutely, who are yeah. being exploited in that space. So it's like absolutely. this is why like our words have really lost a lot of meaning, and we start mm -hmm. actually need to start making like the really tough, silent decisions right. to just live differently. And that's the hard part. It's really easy to post something on Instagram. It's like really hard to actually change the way you live in the world. Yeah. is what I am learning because I suck at it most yeah, of the time, I, right? I'm, like, I'm guilty of it too, you know? And I think, again, that's like constantly refining in, within our mm. business and our own personal lives and the products we yeah. purchase and the products we like. Yeah, it's it's just, it's unfortunate, you know? Like, I yeah. think, um, yeah, and I think, I think the awareness is just not there. Mm. And and I'm just becoming more aware of all the products. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. It's in every. The product. more you dig into the more you're like, wow, this is really overwhelming. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's like so I many things. Anymore. Yeah. Um, so that actually leads into um, the next question that I wanted to ask you, which is kind of 
like we all have reasons or even, you know, things that aren't in our awareness that we choose to buy not ethically. Um, Mm -hmm. And it can be, yeah, just really, really challenging, whether it's cost or accessibility, whatever it is um, Mm -hmm. that, that stops us from, from paying attention to what we buy. And just like, what would you say to someone who is, you know, so they're learning, they're listening to this podcast and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like, now I didn't know about paper and we don't ever, I don't ever want to just overwhelm people. Like I'm not trying to just place a weight on somebody's shoulder that they're like, Oh great. Now even my paper is like made by slaves. Like I can't do anything right. Like, cause this just paralyzes us and we do nothing. So yes. I'm like, what is a way, what is, how would you encourage someone who's like, no, I do want to like try to choose better. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. How would you encourage them in that or where, yeah, they don't know where to start with that. Yeah. I would say I don't even know where to start either on a normal, <laughs> you know, on Christmas, my family knows it's such a big deal to us. And they're like, where do we buy your kids clothes? I'm like, I don't know. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, usually I just buy reused clothes, to be honest, you know, like they're yeah. little and they're, they don't care very much. But um, yeah. I think donating part of it, we donate part of our um, profits to the International Justice Missions and they are a nonprofit that helps bigger companies. So some of their bigger um, customers, clients are Target and Walmart, help them mm-hmm. clean up their supply chain within mm-hmm. products that are made of Target, made of Walmart. Um, and I think that that is like a good starting point. And right. I, you know, I think, I think that's the problem, you know, we've, we've lived this way for hundreds of years. So mm-hmm. I think there's, there's some products that that literally are not available without slavery involved. Yeah. Yeah. Our tech products. Mm-hmm. We're just going to put it out there. Like, yeah. It's like I literally can't even make this podcast without. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think just a good place to start is giving back and then mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, like the thing that you consume the most, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the thing that you consume the most? And you can make some small changes, you know, for, yeah. for us and our family often is, is apparel and that's usually, or, or places where you can see there's more transparency already happening. So coffee is a very clear example of like, you're at the store, you can make a decision right then it, it'll talk about supply chains or not, you know? So when you can, and you know, like then kind of like what you were saying with the Maya Angelou quote, you know, when you know better, do better. Yeah. Yep. And I think that that's, that's all we can do. Um, I do think that there are places where you can shop and it, they really do vet the vendors there. (laughs) Buy good, feel good. I think is one of the marketplaces. Um, just like takes time to, to find those places and to do that research, right? It, It actually takes intentionality, which is really a big part of it is like, even just starting to think about the things that you buy, slow down and think about it. Right. It can yeah. change I mean, a lot of things. Right. I mean, there's some companies that's very transparent that they do not care and mm-hmm. they have not made any changes and they've been outed many times. Yeah. And so don't buy from those companies. <laughs> those would be yeah. the companies that be like, okay, stay clear from those companies who are absolutely not going to make a change. Yeah. You know, I think for the most part, I think a lot of companies are really trying to do good and mm-hmm. they're really trying to make a difference. And I, I see the card industry being one of those, those industries yeah. and the clothing industry and mm-hmm. the food industry. Like you're seeing a change and it's coming yeah. from people asking. Yeah. I don't know. And that's like part of why we want to do this, um, 
this series on the podcast is to highlight these different businesses so that people know where to go. So like leading up to Christmas and to different things, it's like, you want to get cards, you want to get, you know, here's, here's some options when you're like, I want to buy better, but I don't know where. Uh Great. Uh Here's some places to check out, like, go and support them and, you know, and know that when you're purchasing from them, you can feel really good about it. And the gifts you're giving people have even more meaning behind them than just the fact that you're giving them a gift. There's like more to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, somewhere I like to look at too is the fair trade, world fair trade website. They always have like the companies that are, that are doing what they can to be fair trade. Yeah. So, Look at those places too as a good guiding mark of yeah. That's a they've good gone through a lot. Like for us to get certified, there are so many hoops we have to jump through to even yeah. get certified, and we have to continuously get certified. We, if there's any changes in our supply chain, we have to like immediately re- redo that whole process again. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the other places I really recommend people to like, hey, go look at that, see, see what's going on there. Um, Yeah, that's really helpful. We'll maybe find that um, and put it in our show notes as well. So people can, can click on that. Um, What are, do you have any future dreams or um, yeah, things you would like to see vision for paper baristas in the future? Oh, you know, that's really hard. Um, I, we (laughs) set a goal every year to try to beat what we donated the year before. So um, last year we were over, able to donate 20,000 to fight trafficking. So my goal every year is to like up that. So if we can come up to 25 this year, even in the midst of a recession and things like that, that would be a great goal. Um, And just creating more awareness out there. I mean, I think future dreams, future goals, I don't, oh, so one thing that we really want to do is put out just the paper for people to buy that's not just the greeting cards. And that has been two years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we do that? Take care of our people well mm-hmm. and in the midst of COVID. So we haven't been able to move forward because of COVID. We can't have more yeah. than a certain amount of people within a certain <clears throat> amount of space and time together. So that's right. all the paper that we have to do greeting cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'd like to be able to expand your line of what you can offer once that. Uh, we always get asked, like, where can I buy your paper? So that's one of the things that we really want to to bring out and, and be able to do. And then the other thing we've been trying to do is create, I can kind of show you, but people won't be able to see it on the screen. Yeah. And we create a sleeve that's not plastic, but that's oh, that's proof, beautiful. But it's like paper. Yeah. Um, and like Oh, that's so cool. It. You guys should see this. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so stickers don't work for us. They're not easily uh, recyclable, even despite the kind of stick that the sticker stuff that they use. Um, yeah. And it doesn't work for our cards because it peels off the cotton. So anyway, uh, that's, that's other big dreams of like, how would we even do it? And how do we patent it? And, you know, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. That's really, really cool, man. I can't, I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Um, what's one thing that you have learned and you've talked about a few different things, but one, if you could kind of boil it down to one thing that you've learned about, um, human trafficking that you wish people would know or understand. Um, so basically the, I, I don't know. I think the thing that I've learned the most is that it's not just a cause, it's people behind it. Mm. I don't know. Like, yeah to humanize it even more than what I'm used to humanizing it, you know, um, 
I was actually a victim, not of sex trafficking, but um, abuse growing up. And so this is kind of why the whole issue is really important to me. And I want to make a change and I want to make a difference. Um, but sometimes when we're working in the industry, it just is easy to dehumanize the situation. Mm. And so I think just, yeah, I think what I'm learning is just like there's human beings behind it and mm. the process to get people to healing. It's not just about not letting them be slaves anymore. It's mm -hmm. a lifetime of investing <laughs> in people. And yeah. I don't know what that looks like or what that holds for us, but mm -hmm. we, I feel like we've just scraped the top. Mm. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think, I think that's exactly the thing is that you can't, you can't sell or like mistreat another human being without dehumanizing them to a point. Mm -hmm. If we could actually, if we really actually saw the people mm -hmm. behind things and like as people that are no more or less valuable than ourselves yeah you know we we wouldn't be able to live the, the way that we live right and and you know we we were kind of propelled to do these things by you know things that it becomes real and and it becomes mm -hmm. like there's a person at the other right. side of this with a life and like with their own like trauma and like things that have happened and life story and like do we want a better story for them or not? Right. Or do we yeah. just want a better story for ourselves? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I definitely am learning, like I'm no hero in this story. There's like no mm -hmm. heroes in this story. This is like a lifelong journey for people. And my hope would be that I'm not a contributor to their mm -hmm. trauma and to their mm -hmm. hurt. And so what can we do to, to make that change? So I, yeah, a hundred percent. Cause it's easy. It, it's even easy, you know, it's easy to like forget there's someone behind making your products, but it's, but it's also really easy to forget that there's a person behind who you're helping. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's like this cause, you know, and then you mm -hmm. get wrapped up in the cause, but it's like, um, yeah, like what you said, just really humanizing the cause itself, you know, keeps you going. I think. And I think too, like, don't, don't help if you wouldn't want to be helped. Like if you wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like that same way that it would make you feel to, which is I think why, and we talked about this, our off air conversation, really, you guys missed it, but um, <laughs> we talked about um, why business is such a great way um, to go about some of this. And just that, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's not a handout. Like it's not mm -hmm. a, it's not a, like, I'm here to like help you. It's just like, you're like a sister or a brother or like, a, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're like a person with like a body and a soul and like mm -hmm. you like I wouldn't be okay with this if it was my like actual biological sister or my niece or my child so why am I okay mm -hmm. and is it just because I don't you know yeah you know right and it's like if I, I wouldn't how would I feel if someone was like I'm just gonna like help you like you know and you're like I would probably be like what like how like it it creates this like power differential that now is also like sort of a form of like exploiting in a way that's like super unhelpful yes um, yeah so it really that like seeing people as human like I think mm -hmm. that's such a good word like we do really need to continually like purposefully yeah. think about that right humanize people again yeah absolutely yeah yeah 
That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, is there anything else? I do have a couple more questions, but is there anything you wanted to share that like I didn't touch on or that you just have a burning <laughs> desire to say? You know, no, I mean, I think for me, yeah, it's, it's only been in this last couple of months that I've shared my own personal history with it. I didn't for a long time. Mm. Um, I allowed my brand to be my voice in what I'm, what I'm fighting. But for me, it's given such a huge voice mm. um, to my own trauma. But I mean, I, I do think that like what I'm learning more and more about this industry, that it's just like my current journey of just, there's like healing that happens along the way mm -hmm. all the time. Like think you think you've gotten to this point of healing, which I'm sure many trafficked survivors feel. And then there's like another layer and then another, yeah. layer, and then another layer, you know, and yeah. I'm like in my forties and I feel like, you know, after having kids, it's like a whole reliving yeah. all this trauma yeah. and then like, you know, relearning and redoing. And so I, yeah, if there are people out there who, are wanting to make a difference on that process of healing for people. I think that that's tremendous because so many yeah. people go right back into the industry because they have nothing, yeah. no support, no yeah. way to get back on their feet. And, and yeah. honestly, like the trauma of being silenced and the trauma of mm. just falling into pattern, you know, I just, it just amazes me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I've had like quite a few conversations with, um, several different people and some survivors as well, just saying things like just this idea of community around people who are coming out of any traumatic situation. Like um, even for myself, like I, I would have a similar story to you of where maybe that is also partly where my um, desire to do something about this, you know, comes into play as well, where that like, you know, I've had the privilege of like finding healing and having that turned into something that pain turned into something with purpose. But that is like, like you said, years and years and years of something. And like, I could not do that without a strong sense of like community of people around me. And I don't know how these women are expected to do that when there's like, there really is no support. Like, like, I don't know that that yeah. transition from your kind of bubble of like that you need for, you know, healing and all of that, that reintegration back into just living, you know, mm -hmm. as somebody's neighbor, as somebody's like, how the heck yeah. do you do that? And where, how do we like, how do we come around these women as, as a community? Right. So that yeah. when those triggers keep coming back because they do, or that mm -hmm. trauma kind of another layer resurfaces that needs healing. Where right. do we find yeah. that? Or what do we go back to? Because we all go back to things just that I don't go back to trafficking because I wasn't there. Right. I yes. go back to something else. You know? Yeah. It just looks different for me. It does look different. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I'm like, I don't know. And and thanks for sharing that because I do think that um, when people experience a traumatic situation mm -hmm. like you and I have, they, they have two choices. They can either go down the same path and be yeah. destructive or they can like turn it and choose not to be a victim anymore Yeah, and ask people to make that same decision. And mm -hmm. I think it's about, again, coming back to that accountability of like, you know, like let's hold each other accountable. Let's like step in, step in the gap and be there for yeah. people that, yeah, like creating community 
for these third world countries that are manufacturing. I don't even know how that exists or how that can happen, <laughs> but like, I'm just realizing like, I, really, I'm, I'm just trying not to be a part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like totally like offering all the solutions. Right. Either. Well, it's the thing is like, that's why this is not a one woman show. Like we all need each other to mm -hmm. be um, a part of this and, everybody if everybody brings the thing that they're passionate about to the table like mm -hmm. we will have more than enough to right. to do what we need to do we just all need to actually bring what we bring we don't need to bring what everybody else is bringing we just need to bring what we bring um right. and yeah. I think what what you're bringing with your company and your heart for wanting to always see that being pushed forward of how can we do better I think that that is such a huge gift um not only to you know the people who are working for you in India but I mean yeah all the like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of women who are <laughs> you're gonna be able to to come alongside and yeah, yeah and I've loved I've loved I mean we'll we'll sometimes be at it you know often we do trade shows but every once in a while we'll be at a craft show and at one of them in Texas that we were in one of the people said thank you for doing this my sister was trafficked and like you don't expect that right you don't yeah. expect to hear that in the U.S. but you're just like oh, like oh my goodness <laughs> you know like tell me more and tell me the experience and um, and so I do think that we are like hopefully giving a voice to the voiceless, you know. Yeah. Um, and it has to be really like healing in a way for you know for someone like that to walk by and be like somebody's doing something because mm -hmm. I feel like you can feel really helpless, especially if it's like someone you love who is trapped in that. You feel really like, what can I even do? But to right. know like just that like I'm not alone in like people are trying to make this better and like mm -hmm. we had um. We have friends who live in Dubai and one of their family members was being trafficked. Um, and so they called us because like the government wasn't, do like it's just a corrupt system. Some governments yep. are just corrupt and finding the right organization on the land to be able to do that. Like, yeah, it, it, I don't know, like it felt bigger than us, right? Like I think yeah. that when you open yourself up to making a difference and and choosing and choosing people over products, you really start opening up to your to a world of helping others in a very dramatic way that feels like yeah. you're like, okay, I'm just I'm not making much of a difference. But then you're like, oh well, you care about this, so I know such and such that's going through this. Yeah. Can you help us? And it's like, we're gonna figure it out, you know? Yeah, <laughs> we'll do whatever we can. <laughs> but we'll contact the organization we're giving to, and they contacted some other people and kind of helped us through that process. Wow. Um, of freeing her and that yeah. to me that was like that's probably the biggest um success story i mean we were we're in a ton of shops we you know like yeah. those are always great feeling moments but the biggest success moment that we've ever had was that moment when we were like yeah. we just freed someone like we were just a yeah. part of freeing someone one yeah. person and it so, has to be yeah. enough to do it for just that one like we want oh, it for everyone, yeah. but it has to be enough or else you'll go crazy and you'll never right. keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That one person is so, so valuable and so important. Yeah. That's awesome. So if people want to find your beautiful paper products, um, slash order them for their friends and family or query them in their store, uh -huh. the sounds of it, um, where can they find you? Um, they can find us on paperbaristas.com. And we're on Instagram. I mean, same handle on Instagram. Yeah. Paper baristas. Um, it's just like coffee baristas, but just paper. <laughs> so 
So it's perfect. Yeah. We'll put it all in the show notes for you guys. So awesome. You'll be able Thanks. to get it. Um, so our last question that we ask everybody, um, which I sounds like you're a coffee drinker, so this should go well. But That's if you could drinker. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, we don't kick you off if you're a tea drinker. It's just like we just have to change the <laughs> question right. and like yeah. it's fine. Um but yeah, if you could have your coffee exactly the way that you like it, what would you drink? Where would you drink it and with who? Oh, this is a really good one. Um, okay, I am a really terrible coffee drinker, actually. <laughs> I get my coffee watered down. I either have it like half hot water, half coffee. I know, it's Why terrible. Why, though? I know, I know. I mean, my neighbor does that, and I was, I was like, okay. I but maybe very, very... Um, my parents are from Ecuador and Chile, and it was always instant coffee growing up. Uh, and it's very diluted. <laughs> and I just, it's just that with yeah. like a ton of sugar. Like, I think you just add some coffee to my sugar and some water. <laughs> but, um, amazing. And then I, I think that I would have it, um, oh, I don't know. Like, so many people kind of pump into my mind, but. I would really like to have coffee with David Letterman. He just cracks me up. Oh, yes. That's He's such a smart. good one. He's you know? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I, I think that's who I'd end up having, like, coffee with and picking his brain or at least laughing. That's amazing. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've got your family running around in the background. and Oh, my goodness. Bless you for dealing <laughs> with that. Today was a day, but. For those of no, you. No, I love it. Honestly, like out a lot so thank you for doing that for us <laughs> you know what though I like I love it because this is the thing with small businesses is that like this isn't usually the only thing we're doing like there's usually a lot of other things going on and it's taking place in our houses and with our families and with people running around and doing things and like I told you before I had to tell my roommate please don't come in the house and yell because I'm in the basement recording like these are just you know <laughs> and you know what I think the beautiful thing of COVID is that everyone's now understood what it's like to be an entrepreneur from home you know you're like trying to have a business <laughs> meeting on zoom and here comes your kid like running around yep. with a diaper on or something <laughs> So I just, I think I'm like, oh, people, yeah. I think people get it now. And they're a lot more forgiving and understanding and everything doesn't have to be polished and perfect, which I'm oh. so thankful for. Like, <laughs> as they should be. And I'm like, this is yep. like the best part about like relational business is that like, I would rather just like know you and have like a concept of like who your family is and like where your setting is and being able to like, like you know, our, our. Um, our listeners can't see it, but I can kind of see your house in the background and I got to like <laughs> see your kids are so cute wow. and your dog. And like, it's just for me, I'm like, that's really, I think how business, if, if things were more relational, it's like that thing of like making people human, mm -hmm. it has to be relational. And if it's not, yeah. it just becomes really like corporate and cold and mm -hmm. a lot easier to walk all over people that you don't know that you're mm -hmm. like, you don't, you know now I can't picture you without picturing your daughter and your dog. And, and you know, it just, it adds this like extra layer of humanity. And I think it's fantastic because literally none of us in our real lives are like polished and like sitting pristinely. <laughs> I don't know. And also it's boring. So <laughs> yeah, well, I love it. Very unboring moments at our home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate this. Um, to hop on a call just without the podcast because I just love chatting with you. So yeah. Thanks for having 100%. me. hundred percent.
I told you it was going to be good. Isn't she awesome? Uh, make sure you head over to their website and follow them on Instagram. Give them some love and maybe order some cards from them because it is just such an amazing company. And and because you listen to the Wild and Free podcast, they are giving you 25% off when you go to their website and order using the promo code COFFEE. We would love, love for you to support them. Another thing we want to remind you about is the Kickstarter for our cafe. That's right, people. We are opening a coffee shop. And if you have not yet done so, please head to our website, wildgingercoffee.com and click on the little tab that says Cafe Kickstarter. And it's going to take you right down to where it's super easy to donate. Um, We are so excited to be able to open this to offer safe and Um, trauma-informed job training for um, survivors of human trafficking in connection with Allura House, but we really do need your help to do it because, I mean, we've been in business for two years, um, but we do give a lot of hard profits away, so saving up for this kind of thing um, takes some time, and it's no small task, so thank you to those of you who have already donated. We are so, so grateful, and if you can, um, yeah, if you are able to give go on and do that today or tell your friends and family about it as well we would be so grateful 